Welcome to the Why Weight Elevate podcast, where we share key information to help you lose weight the right way and then transition to a lifestyle that helps you keep it off. Our hosts are experts in obesity medicine and have collectively treated thousands of patients for obesity and are here to help you on your own journey. All four of us are busy parents, so we totally understand what it's like to try and live healthy while also trying to stay on top of the busy demands in our life. Thanks for taking time in your busy day to join us. As some of our hosts have medical licenses, we have a legal disclaimer to share with you. Here it is. Please note that our podcast is not intended to, and shouldn't be considered, a substitute for professional medical advice from a doctor or other qualified healthcare professional. You should always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare professional with questions you may have regarding your medical condition. You should not rely on this podcast for medical diagnosis or treatment, and you should never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of our content. Welcome, everybody, to the Why Weight Elevate podcast. Um, I'm here with Kelsey and Cheryl. This is Quincy. And today's topic is going to be a follow-up discussion to our previous podcast on PCOS. Today, we're going to go more in-depth on treatment. How do people take care of PCOS and what are the different ways that it can be treated? So to start out, Cheryl, what would you like to... What is the, the typical treatment or... Well, do we want to talk about what the typical treatment is or do you just want to talk about the appropriate treatment? Oh, I want to talk about the appropriate treatment. Hey, we'll just skip the typical. Let's go to the appropriate. Okay. The appropriate treatment is lifestyle interventions. So PCOS is a chronic disease, which means it never goes away. And so I think patients need to be empowered and take take initiative to take care of themselves. And it's something that's going to be the rest of their life, right? Yes, unfortunately. Yes. And if you don't take care of it, it can lead to some seriously ugly chronic diseases. Is it cancer also a possibility? Yes, endometrial or ovarian cancer is extremely associated with PCOS. Okay. Yeah. okay. And so, I'm talking like diabetes, I'm talking liver failure, um, cardiovascular disease, all the ugly chronic diseases. If you don't take care of the PCOS, that's where it can lead. Okay, let's talk about those four areas. Um, okay. I know we've talked about this in other podcasts about the four areas to healthy living, but let's talk about the the four of those and specifically like what a P, uh, some of PCOS. If, if there's any differences between other people with insulin resistance or just in depth. So, if I have PCOS, which I don't, sorry, I keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> My wife has PCOS. First of all, diet. What should they do? You've got to all the studies, meta analysis, longitudinal studies. What they all say is you've got to clear up the insulin resistance. Okay, so, so that that has same. to be the foundation. So eating in a way that helps get rid of that. Yes, and there are multiple ways to do that, and there's no one size fits all. So you really have to figure out what works for you because this is long term chronic. So find something sustainable. Okay, mm -hmm. awesome. The next was. Exercise. Exercise. So what does this look like? Do I need to be like going to the gym six times a day, every day of the week? No, I would I would recommend 150 minutes a week when you're first starting off, Okay. which is about 20 minutes a day. Okay. So you can carve that out throughout your day. Is this Just like high intensity exercising, walking around the block? What, what the do very think? best exercise is the one you're going to do. Oh, okay. So whether that's walking around the block or if that's doing squats and lunges on your lunch break or is that mountain climbing... It, it, whatever you're going to do, that's what we need to do. Because again, we have to find something that's sustainable. This is a long-term chronic disease. Okay. 
And I like how um, the 20 minutes, if that seems like too much for you, it can 20 minutes throughout the day. You yeah. Know, five minutes when you first wake up in the morning, five minutes, you know, later in the day before lunch and, you know, 10 minutes in the evening. So you can break it up. It does not have to be all at one time. No. No. When you're running, when you're going errands or you're going to work, park further away from the building, mm-hmm. yeah, take the stairs when you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's diet, exercise, sleep. Sleep is so important and everybody just kind of poo-poos it and is like, meh, it's sleep. If you are not sleeping, you cannot lose weight. If you're not sleeping, you're building inflammation in your body. And that's what causes your body to hold on to the excess fat. Okay. So Sleep. And what does that mean? Everybody's different. Six to eight hours in that realm. Maybe you need 12. I don't know. Okay. Um, Stress. Kelsey, (laughs) I'll let you take over on this one. Um, Stress is another one we kind of like put on the back burner, but it becomes so, so important for the long-term maintenance of chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, Stress will keep your hormones out of whack. It's a big old frat party initiator. It is. It's like the alcohol of the party. Yeah. So then if you're, when we're not talking about good stress, um, well, so bad stress. So our body sometimes or... can't distinguish between stress. Okay. So I mean, it could be good stress, like you're having like a kid's birthday party, a holiday. Um, it could be a bad stress, like you just lost your job. Um, illness, our body doesn't distinguish. And so it's, so stress. it's mm-hmm. stress. And so it's really how you managing how your body feels, listening to it and learning, okay, this, I'm feeling very stressed out today. I mean, it's all good, um, you know, but preparing for several podcasts, you know, I am uh, was a little busy. And so just taking a couple extra minutes to do some deep breathing or at the end of the day, having a little bit more me time so that my body can recover. Okay. So that. So those are the four areas we talk about. Yeah. Can I put a plug in for self-care? Yes. Because self-care, everybody thinks it's getting my nails done or taking a warm bath or, and it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it works for you. If it's reducing your stress. Yes. So for example, I have a sister-in-law who is a huge Disney World fan. Like when she lived in North Carolina, she had a season pass, she would always go. And she says, I can tell my body overall, not just my stress levels, but my health, I, I'm so much better when I'm at Disney World. She's like, I, I argue that I, that's the, the prescription I received from my doctor. I will is write go to that Disney World. <laughs> she says, I feel so much better. But mm-hmm. for her, she knows that that helps with her stress level. Whereas for someone else, they'd be like, going to Disney World? Oh, that's too stressful. (laughs) And the cost and everything. So everybody's different, like you said. Diet and exercise is also a form of self-care if it works for you. So meal prep is one of my favorite ways for self-care, and it sets me up for success throughout the week. But other people, it stresses them out. So it's, again, what works for you and what makes you feel better. Are there medications that are used to pass those four areas? medications to treat PCOS? Yeah, the number one medication we use is metformin. Okay. And why? Because it's an insulin sensitizer. So it makes the insulin and the, it's like a marriage counselor between the insulin and the cells. It makes these two Ooh. communicate better mm-hmm. um, so that we can move the sugar into the cell like we're supposed to. And we don't need excess amount of insulin. Um, sorry. Yeah, insulin to be able to get that moved. Over. Right, right. Um, for patients who are struggling with um, keeping their periods regular, and, and ovulating, maybe they're struggling with some infertility, um, we'll use Clomid. Okay. Um, and, and then for the irregular periods, we'll use birth control. 
to help regulate those. And we especially want to do that in our younger teen 20s because we, we need to go in there and manhandle those ovaries and tell them what to do because what will happen if not is that endometrial lining gets thicker and thicker and thicker and will, can lead to endometrial cancer. So we basically saying, hang on a second, stop what you're doing. Do it this way. Mm-hmm. So it's redirecting that toddler and saying, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And then the toddler then learns to stay in that area. Yeah. Okay. Any other treatments that we need to talk about? I mean, all the treatments that we talked about in our past podcast regarding obesity medications, we have no problem using those to help with with, with the obesity symptom. Okay. Okay. So final thing then um, earlier before we started recording, um, Cheryl, you talked a little bit about um, diagnosis within the community and PCOS. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, 7% of the population is meets criteria for PCOS, but only 50% of them will be diagnosed. So there's a 50% people who have it who are not being diagnosed. Correct. Yet. And we can do better. We, In general, women's health care is underfunded, under-researched, and we just have to do a better job. I mean, this is 50% of our population mm-hmm. are women. Yeah. So I would encourage you as a patient to advocate for yourself and your health and i mean if it's your daughter like if when my daughter gets older if i start seeing these things sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and remind Mm -hmm. your provider or bring the information to your provider yeah Uh, our providers are not don't know everything they they do their best they try but you the truest advocate for a patient is yourself yes 100 percent. and so you need if you feel very strongly and based on what we've talked about the symptoms in our previous um podcast if you're like no i think i have insulin resistance or my daughter does then you should be an advocate for yourself with your provider to make sure you're getting the appropriate treatment. I would agree. Yep, okay. absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Why Way Elevate podcast. We want to hear what you think about this episode and encourage you to continue the discussion in our Facebook group. The name of the group is Community of People Elevating Their Mind and Body to Lose Weight. Or you can search for our Facebook page, Why Way Elevate, and our group is linked on that page. Also, if you found this episode to be helpful, can you share it with your friends that you think would appreciate listening to it? And if you found our podcast to be helpful, we would love it if you could leave us a review. It really helps others hear about this podcast, and we really want to help as many people as we can. Thank you.